right now is when the combines are done rolling. Uh, we're heading into frozen ground. Um, it's the end of the year. You got a little bit of a slowdown, and then your mind is still going. And this is the time when you should be thinking about everything that just happened this year and take down your notes, think about next year, and start strategizing. That's a George W. Bush word. Start strategizing. And so... Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curb. More than just a podcast, it's the place for insights you can apply immediately to your farm operation for increased success. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Ag Explore. With innovative products that improve fertilizer efficiency, protect yield, and reduce stress, Ag Explore helps maximize field potential. Find out how Ag Explore can help you get more out of your crop at agexplore.com. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Sitting down here with Kelly Garrett, one of the founders of Extreme Ag, talking about adjustments and changes you're going to make in 2023. This is the contemplation season, right? He's strategizing. What adjustments, what changes, what things did you see this fall that are giving you pause that make you say, oh boy, that really worked. Aha moments. What are you going to do next year and why based on what happened this year? Kelly Garrett. We are going to be reducing our soybean acres and we'll be putting in even more corn on corn than we have in the past okay so i was at your farm in the summertime and we talked about how you were going to do beans on beans because it required less inputs we thought there's going to be maybe some problems getting fertilizer we still might have that issue and then you didn't do a bunch of beans on beans we uh i still i still believe that that's coming the the demand for the soybeans and we very much need to know how to handle that situation. But right now, the Chicago Board of Trade and the basis levels are saying, you better plant some more corn. Yeah, so uh, it all comes down to the money. And, you know, continuous corn is something, or corn on corn, we've seen. We never used to see beans on beans, uh, right? That's just something that in our lifetime, you didn't do. You didn't see it, at least nowhere that I'm familiar with. It was always corn than beans or corn on corn. And you said, we're going to do soybeans on soybeans. The reason you said that in going into 2022 was about all the things we just said. A little cheaper to put out. Uh, the margins were looking skinny anyhow. Maybe inputs were less available. You changed your mind because the numbers, the economics changed heading into spring, like in April. Absolutely, they did. You are now making a decision, and it's November that we're recording this, about what's going to happen come April, May. The economics might change in the next six months again. They could, but uh, I don't think that the ratio between corn and beans will change that much. And, you know, we are, we have the fertility, we're putting it on. You know, also you have to, to take into account the uh, federal crop insurance program. Yeah. You know, I, I don't ever want anyone to think that I'm farming, farming for an insurance check, but the security it provides on a corn crop, and it just doesn't, it doesn't come out work the same way for us on a soybean crop. The security it provides is uh, lets you sleep pretty easy. Enough. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's uh, you know you always hear the coffee shop talk about these you know farmers just farming for the insurance. Well, not really, but let's also you know let's be proud and let's be uh, you know we're not being crooked, but there's also let's not be stupid. And so, right. so uh, when you're talking about the dollars of input costs, to not give yourself some backup is foolish. Absolutely, you know. Uh, when you tie, you know, Jared Creed, my marketing consultant, he ties that insurance program into the marketing program and it gives him great leverage. It gives him a lot more independence in the marketing decisions that just don't exist with the soybean. When you look at the adjustments you're making about the soybeans to corn, it's not because soybeans were unprofitable. It's not because you can't grow good soybeans. 
And it's not even just because of the insurance. You're just saying that in Crawford County, Iowa, the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the crop insurance made available to you, it it works a little better on corn. The profit is better on corn, and it's more secure because of the insurance program. Yeah. So uh, good for you, but that doesn't mean you're going to go all uh, you know 7,200 acres of corn. You're going to still do mix, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what would have to change between now and April to make you reverse this thinking? It happened last year. You reversed your thinking like at the last minute. I I just don't see it happening. But the, the bean price going up much more relative to the corn price, changing that ratio between the two and bringing more profitability into the soybeans. But it would have to go up a lot because it's still that security of the insurance program isn't there. you got to weigh that in on your decision as well. Hasn't historically the spread been like 2.2 to 2.4 times? Soybeans are 2.2 to 2.4 times, almost without any exception ever. It's just that way. Isn't that the way it's generally always been? 2.2 is about where they are 2.2 times? Yes, but it, it has been less than that. It's been more down towards just two. And it seems like it's right now a little, it's almost sub two. Right. And so that's why we are making the decisions we are. Okay. But then the question, of course, comes about uh, that the company that needs uh, soy uh, to stay in business will start bidding up the price. So don't these things fix themselves? Doesn't it go back to 2.2 because there's not enough soybeans getting planted? It, it could, and it probably will at some point. But right now, when we're needing to make these decisions... This is what it's pointing yeah. at. Yeah, and so you're going to sell when you make this decision. What are you going to sell? You're going to sell half of expected. Are you going to sell half expected corn crop like right now before Christmas? I believe that by uh, probably not before Christmas, but I believe by February, Jared will have a fair amount of it priced. Okay, what do you look at and say? I'm concerned about this new decision. So you're thinking what? Sixty percent? You're going to be sixty forty? Oh. Probably closer to 65, 35, even maybe a little bit more. Yeah, of course, a little bit of wheat. So I guess it's more yeah. like 65, 31, and 3 or something like yes. that. I mean, yes. you, you've got a few acres of wheat that you're still going to do. Right. We'll, we'll still have uh, 200 acres of wheat. And then you'll double crop that. Yes. All right. That's something else we're going to talk about, adjustment. But you want to go there now or you want to finish out on corn? Let's finish out on corn. All right. Finishing out on corn. What would be the decision other than the price thing? What about inputs? Does, does Would input scarcity or input price climbs force your hand uh, of going back to a more balanced approach? No, you know, we're very fortunate with our plant food product that the the scarcity of the fertility, uh, that that fear doesn't exist for us. Uh, Part of the decision is what maturity of corn to put in. And we believe that the basis opportunity, the basis in September this year was we hauled a lot of corn at 95 over which is a very, very strong basis That's for us. It's a very strong basis. I mean, you're talking about almost a buck more than what they're, what the, you know, what the board is saying, and you're talking about that could be, that's pure profit. Exactly. And we believe that that opportunity will exist again because of the short crop that is, you know, the perceived short crop that we have this year. The, the demand for corn is very strong. Okay, you're a larger scale operation, but you still have some of the same, whether, you're, whether if, if I'm a guy listening to this and I farm 1,200 acres half and half, I've still got the reality of equipment, time, and manpower. You're hauling three to four times as much stuff with corn in terms of product. Right. Output. Right. Bushels. Um, that's, that's three to four times as many trucks, three to four times as many truck driver hours, three to four times as much uh, uh, combine, uh, no, not really as much time, hours, but you don't get as much done. I mean, you're just, you're just handling a lot more stuff. You are. That's, that's more diesel. 
That's more people, which is the big thing, and more hours. You gonna have it? Yes. Over uh, when you you, know, when you you have to you have to manage that. You know, there you just talked about going up up more than one thousand acres of added corn this year. That's versus last year. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's two hundred thousand more bushels of corn. Right. Or maybe two hundred fifty thousand more bushels of corn. So you know, we'll make the decision. We'll have probably twelve hundred acres of corn that is a hundred and one to a hundred and eight day corn, which would we would be. I would consider you're that doing this to spread out your. You're, you're yes. doing this to, to first off try and capture some September. You basis. might give up a touch of yield, but you'll grab September basis. Yes, and you're also gonna. It's kind of like when farmers plant wheat; it spreads out your workload. Yes, you're spreading out your workload, trying to start like Labor Day. Absolutely. <clears throat> the basis opportunity on that early corn versus the yield opportunity on the later corn. Um, the uh, it's more than a wash. It still it still favors early corn. Uh, it, it probably it depends on the year. This year, it favored the early corn. Next year, if we get some rain, I believe that it will. The the later corn could yield enough more. The Does it justify ninety five cents difference. It 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 justifies that you're you're happy with both. How's that? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. All right, so an adjustment you're making, you're going to up the corn acres. You're going to reduce the soybean acres. What's this do on the soybean front? Well, it means there's going to be less soybeans if a bunch of people make your same decision. Although many do not. Chad Henderson doesn't vary his acreage uh, and apportioning his acres. He told me this because he's got the issue of machines and time. Yes, absolutely. So do you think that more people are going to make this decision like you to change the mix? Or do you think more people are going to be like Chad and stay the way they always do? I think more people stay the way that they always do. Is it because of uh, is it because of a good reason or is it because they just don't like change? I, I think that the, you know, the long-term plan that's just the steady flow of things... You know, some people don't like change, but by and large, you know, like Chad, he he's managing his logistics and his workflow and things like that. What about the uh, change in the crop inputs when I said, you know, you don't think you're going to have to worry about it, but you still need, your plant food doesn't do it all. <laughs> you still need, you still need nitrogen. copious amounts of nitrogen, yep. and you still have a lot of things to bring in, and the seed's more expensive. The seed is more expensive. So there's a cash flow issue that some people might experience. You say as long as you can get the money, operating loan, whatever, it probably makes sense still because at the end. The net. The net. So if you had to carry, but, you know, now we're talking the cost of money is 8%. So right. if I got to borrow 8% money to buy my seed, you say still do it. Yes. You know, we're I'm looking at double, if not triple, the profitability on corn versus soybeans. Can't you also, and, and since we're recording this in the end of the year, there are programs, I don't buy seed, you do quite a bit. Um, if you made the decision you're going to do this, can't you go ahead and commit and buy the seed and get like a pretty hefty discount if it's done before like Christmas time? Yeah, there's there's discounts when you're for the early order. And so you think that's a, that alone then, if you're making the decision, do you buy it now? Yeah, we are. We're making those decisions that we, this week, actually. Oh, fantastic. We're locking all that in. Okay. What else then has to change? This adjustment is because of money. What else has to change? I talked about manpower. I talked about more diesel, more trucks, more guys to drive trucks or gals, uh, more nitrogen, uh, a bigger feed. I'm sorry, a bigger spend on seed. There is. What else? Uh, you know, there's a more intensive management to corn on corn. You know, the... The plant health becomes an issue, or can become an issue. So we're going to make talk about things like all the different rootworms and all the, the stuff that we had in the old days, and that's why you absolutely thought you should rotate. Uh, is that still an issue, or do we have better products now, or or is it worse because we have tolerance? 
Um, we have better products now. I, I believe if you don't deal with the problem, it's worse mm -hmm. than it used to be. Mm -hmm. But you know, we we use an insecticide from FMC that we have had great results. Zyway. Zyway is the fungicide. Yeah. Yes, Ethos. I mean, the name escaped me for a Got second. Got it. There you go. Ethos from FMC. We actually put that on every acre, be it uh, rotated or, That's the or corn or corn. That's yeah, the insecticide. Yes, yeah, yeah. is a fungicide. Yes. Confusing my product. And, uh, you know, Marone Bio, like we talked about, has morphed into Pro Farm or become part of that. They have a new insecticide coming out that I'm excited to try. Okay. And so you think you think once, once you get dialed in on the right insecticides, corn on corn is not... Um, as big of a challenge as it once was. No, it's not. The, uh, the ethos has really uh, eliminated that problem. When you look at the decision to do this, and you've already decided it's going to take a hell of a big move on soybean prices to change this, so it looks like there's nothing that's going to change it. Is there anything that uh, like you would have been surprised by uh, the 25-year-old farmer version that now the 47-year-old farmer version is like, one thing I know because I tried this 20 years ago, and I'm not going to get that problem this time. Is there any, like, historic knowledge? Yes, uh, it is thinking about things financially rather than agronomically. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, a year ago, I wanted to go back to more of a 50-50 rotation yeah. because of the, the corn yield that was because of that. And Jared told me, that we needed to look more closely at the numbers that I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, he said it agronomically for your corn yield, it might be the best decision, but financially for your farm, it is not. Mm -hmm. And when we sat down, I really look at it as three crops now. I look at my acres going into soybeans, I look at my rotated corn, and I look at my corn on corn. And I'm going to make the decision based on the total the total revenue that we're gonna forecast the farm to make. And Jared is right. Uh, financially, this is the best decision. Agronomically, though, with my yields, yeah. they're they're going to come. They're, the earlier corn and then the corn on corn, uh, it's a little tougher scenario. The yields might not be quite as good. There's a few other things that we talk about, and I never thought about until I joined Extreme Ag. Uh, we got a bunch more residue to manage. We do. Uh, and with with corn on corn, the residue stays. Uh, so we need it. Uh, we need to use some of the products that our sponsors like. Uh, what is it? Titan, I think it is, uh, or uh, Eat It, or something a from our, you know extract, <laughs> extract uh, from Agrison. Uh, we need a. There's a probably a bigger call for these things to make sure that we're making the, getting the residue broken down. And yes, so extract from Titan, Res Cycle from Integrated Ag, uh, Decomp from Hefties, Residue RX from Concept Agritech. All of these products uh, are things that we have used yeah. to to try to break down degrade, this residue. to degrade the residue, and that's that's more important on a corn on corn year. Um, I'm just thinking through you know, some of the stuff that you got to be cognizant of on a more corn year. Residue would be one of them. Anything I'm forgetting? The plant health, you know, we'll uh, like a product like Cube from Spray Tech will be something that we'll use more. Uh, uh, K Fuel from Nature's. Liberate CA from AgroLiquid. I can name many products that we pay we pay attention anyway. Yeah. But we pay more attention, and we tr we will probably apply more of these products in a corn on corn setting to try to help the plant health. You're a you're a reduced till to no till person. That's why you get your carbon deal. No till corn planting into soybean stubble is easy. No till yes. corn planting into corn stalks and the fodder was big because you had a huge yield last year is more problematic. What 
does the listener need to know about that? Because it seems to me that's where you'd have a hard time getting good seed to soil contact, and you've got a lot of that to do. Your planter needs to be perfect or as close to perfect as you can have it. Perfect means what? I know you've talked about those little no. things in the front that separate the crap your, out of the way. Your uh, row cleaners. Your row cleaners need to be calibrated. See, now you call it a row cleaner. I call it those little things up front that blow the crap. I call them the the stuff, those little things up front that blow the crap out of the (laughs) way. And you call it a row cleaner. A row cleaner. Row cleaner seems more descriptive. Yes. You need the row cleaner. Uh, You did a better job than I did of that. (laughs) The row cleaner needs to be in. The planter needs to be level. You know, Kevin and Chad will talk about that. And that's very important that we need to level the planter to make it. uh, Everything's going in at the same inch and a half, inch and three quarters, whatever. Although uh, our friend Matt, who farms a lot and is good at it, he says about a thumb. I mean, he doesn't even talk about inch and a half, inch and three quarter. He's just always talking about thumbs and knuckles and things like that. We we actually will plant our corn about three inches deep, which is about my index finger. Yeah, that's a ways. Yep, it's that's how. Uh, we don't agree. We want to get it down there deeper because of the root system. Yeah. So you think that you get down there and you're always guaranteed moisture, but really, in May is moisture much of a problem? Anyhow? No, it it. it we have always, you know, my dad, we've always planted our corn like that. It's on the deeper side next to talking to other people but uh, for what they plant. But we've had success with it, and we, uh, we very much believe in that. <clears throat> Big adjustment you're going to make. More corn might be 65% of your acres in corn next year, over 60%. That, that's big. You're definitely changing your thing. You're going to have more corn on corn, obviously, to, to achieve that. We talked about all the things you're going to have to manage around. More cost of seed because it's more expensive. Um, you're going to work maybe at getting the stuff early and, and taking pre-discounts. You will maybe have to use some operating money because you're going to have uh, the cost of inputs for corn is greater than for soybeans. But you say even if you're obligating an 8% operating loan, the margin justifies it. Absolutely, it does. And then you talked about the products you're going to use to make this all work. Insecticide is probably the biggest one to pay like you said it's important to pay attention to everything but insecticide becomes your issue on those acres that are repeat corn absolute must anything we didn't cover we got it all big adjustment he's going to make kelly garrett is going to make the big adjustment and next year he's going to do a lot more corn in 2023 stay tuned we'll tell you how that all works out and if for some reason he makes any amendment or changes to that plan because he did last year when he was going to go way big on soybeans you know what the wise person varies from their plan because it makes sense. So we might vary, but right now it doesn't look like there's any reason to. And part of that is line up the money and also line up the sales. Exactly. You know, a year ago we talked about bean on bean research. Yep. Now we're talking about doing more corn on corn. Uh, the market made a switch. Yeah, well, the mar- and, and the person that uh, looks for an opportunity here to make a change also maximizes some, some opportunities on money. Absolutely. His name is Kelly Garrett. He's one of the founders of Extreme Ag. We've got lots of this kind of stuff out there. If you're not watching all these great videos and listening to these cool podcasts, please do so. We've recorded hundreds of videos and these podcasts, Cutting the Curve. Man, it's just really cool stuff. Share it with somebody you think that can benefit from it because that is our entire objective here. Extreme Ag. Dot farm is where you find it, and we call this cutting the curve because it is our objective to shorten your learning curve. Till next time, he's Kelly. I'm Damian Mason. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to another edition of Cutting the Curve. For more information that you can apply to your farm operation, visit extremeag.farm. Are your crops stressed out? Ag Explorer has you covered with a full line of products to help protect your crop from environmental stressors such as cold and wet or heat and drought. Check out agexplorer.com and start protecting your yields and profits. <laughs>